felt weird to do that with my left hand. Usually I do it with the right hand. Well, hello there. Welcome to Cat Pick Friday's episode number 56. 56 indeed. And this is a show that brings you the latest and the greatest in guitar and music industry news. And once again, I'm joined by my co-host and the man who just filled his channel with uh, 80s style color choice with his Yamaha Hero Ref style review. It's Richard Morgan. Rich, is it all neon colors and sunglasses for you from now on on your channel? You make it so hard for me to answer with the word unlikely because, yes, it is. I'm only going to be wearing neon colors from now on and wearing sunglasses and I'm going to get an 80s haircut. Or do I already nice. have an 80s haircut? What's an 80s haircut? I don't even know. I think the, I think the only thing, like, if you want to make yourself more 80s, I think you just need a mustache and you're good to go. Those neon colors and then a mustache and you're good to go. Well, I can't grow a mustache. So what I would need to do is trim off my beard and stick it on above my lip. <laughs> Which would be an interesting look. I might try it. Yeah. Really looking forward to that transformation video or something. Yeah. Those of you who are only listening to this via podcast and not watching, you're you're missing out. Trust me. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. And at this point, I also want to thank you for liking, sharing, subscribing, watching, listening to the show. And if you want to support us, merch. We're like over merch today in the sense like I'm drinking water from an unlikely mug, wearing the unlikely hoodie. And I just checked. I'm also wearing the unlikely t-shirt. And then there's the unlikely baseball cap and a bunch of other stuff. If you want to support us, and have something to wear. Spring is here, so maybe you need to restock with your clothes. Yeah, Rich is wearing the unlucky t-shirt as well. Uh, great way to support us is to get some merch and there's a special discount for podcast listeners and viewers. So be sure to check it out. And cool show today. Bunch of delays, guitars, more guitars, even more guitars, and some more tube talk and then more guitars. And I'm going to say this is a guitar episode. That's not how language works, I think. But I tried. Yeah. Let's just let's just talk about those delays I was mentioning in recent happenings. Yeah, that was not the best intro I've ever done, but we made it through and we can now talk about this. Line 6 revisits classic DL4 pedal with DL4 Mark II. So the rumors were true, we kind of talked about them most likely being true, and it's out. And it looks exactly as in the photo that we saw on that, in that, was it Guitar World magazine or something like, something yes. like that. Where the, the, the leaked from. episode of Guitar World magazine. Yes. And yeah, I think it looks nice. Retro, but a lot of stuff looks retro right now, even with when it comes to guitar pedals. So I really don't mind. I think it looks cool. And some nice additions to the thing. As mentioned, there's an XLR in, there's like two or three layers of effects, so just more 
all the original DL4 effects are there, but then there's more, there's a microphone input, uh, there's more looping time, all kinds of stuff. Uh, yeah, MIDI capability, obviously, as well, and you can even expand the memory with a micro SD card. And I think all this data also leaked in last week's news, I think. So it was exactly what we thought it would be. Was it? Yeah, all the information was out there. What's the price on this, by the way? $299. I don't know how that translates into euros, but probably about 300 check. euros. Yeah. That tends you, to be the way things like go. Yeah, I'm going to check the DL4, see what yeah, they so say. There's a bunch of videos out there right now. If you're mm -hmm. listening or if you're watching, I suggest that you go and check out a few. There are very many tones available in the DL4, and I think it sounds great. I would really like to try one it of does. these pedals out. Yeah, definitely. Uh, what do you think of the release of the pedal? Because it was a bit weird. Like, I guess we're used to like very well like coordinated releases where a bunch of our favorite YouTubers will follow, put out the videos at the same time. Uh, this felt a bit random, if I may say so. It's a bit of a weird time. And, of, you know, of course, we're living in a pandemic, so things are different. But I think lots of companies have done releases a bit differently in the past few mm. months. And also, with the not being a NAMM show this January, having previously been one, or at least people were planning for one, and now it's happening in June, I think a lot of companies were kind of thinking, shall we do it in January? Shall we wait mm. all the way till June? Or shall we kind of do it somewhere in the middle? And we have seen that a lot of companies have released stuff somewhere in the middle. And the other factor, of course, is one of the other topics that we're going to talk about. This is not the only sort of big box delay that's come out this mm -hmm. month. There's more. Yeah. There's competition. And I think at some point it becomes a race, like the space race, you know, first country to get to the moon. In this case, first company to release their new flagship delay pedal. Yeah. I, I wonder if uh, the release was also a reaction to the leak. Maybe they were planning to do that just a bit later, which would explain why it didn't seem that coordinated. And even the videos that were out were like, felt like they weren't like fully of like finished editing wise. Yeah. Maybe. I, it, yeah. It's obviously impossible to know. So, Everything that we're saying is conjecture, but you could be right with that. I do feel that there has been an element of a race in it. You know, um, mm. I mean, everyone knows that we're also going to be talking about the boss Space Echo um, yes. because they've seen the thumbnail, they've seen the title, and everyone yes. else has released videos on it this week. So you know that we're going to talk about that as well. That's the other big pedal that's come out. And I feel like boss also, they had a leak of the Space Echo Mm. A month or two ago, three, four, five weeks ago. And I feel like That's they've probably right. also then been going gung-ho to get that pedal out as fast as possible. Also knowing that this DL4 Mark II is also going to be coming out. So it's kind of like, how can we do it first? Because the two pedals are at similar price points and there might be people out there with three or four hundred dollars or euros who want something like this. And whoever comes first is is the winner. Exactly. Yeah, and like it's also 
because both releases kind of had a lot of interest from people. We can tell that by just the numbers on our shows. We, we talked about this, like people search for this and you want, want to ride that wave with the release of the product, I guess, because it just makes sense. People are interested, people are searching for it and if you can actually put it out and people can at least pre-order them, nice. Yeah, absolutely. Do you know, Vlad, if this DL4 Mark II is available in stores? Uh, I just is it already checked out? home and, and I think they said seven to nine weeks. Okay, so, so still a couple of months. Yeah, so basically I think this might be a reaction to the leak, basically. Yeah, so. well, seven to nine weeks, that is exactly when the NAM show is happening. So there it could have been that this was a planned release for June. Who knows? We're just yeah. guessing at this point. But the conclusion that I have from watching the, the videos that I've seen and looking at the specs, I, I'd like to try this out. I'm quite fond yes. of Line 6 stuff now, having had the pod go for a bit, and mm. this is the flagship, isn't it? Yeah. Also, it's really cool That's that um, one of the original bands that I associate a lot with the original DL DL4 was Minus the Bear. And um, mm. the guy from Minus the Bear has tested out this new one, so that's really nice to see. Nice. Yep. Yeah. All the, all the delays and ambient sounds are my favorite thing from the whole Helix series. And I also like the tones people have been getting from the DL4, and this kind of combines the two with a nice and simple user interface that even I could get along with. So, yeah, sign me up. I want to try this out. Yeah, me too. Um, well, where where do you think it sits kind of in the sort of, I don't know what you would call it, the league table with some of the other sort of bigger delays? Like you've got the the Strymon timeline at the top, the Empress ecosystem at the top. They're also more expensive, significantly so. Mm. Then you've got like the Boss DD500 and then the DD200, yeah. which is underneath. And a few more, which I'm probably not thinking of off the top of my head. Where does the DL4 fit into that for you? Mm, I'd put it just a little bit below like DD500 just for, because of the price and also it's just more simple which can be really attractive for a lot of people. Yeah, Me included actually, no displays, nothing, just controls that you see here and maybe like a, there's like a old switch type of thing which allows you to access like extra layers of stuff. But that's it. And I personally really like that. Yeah, well, I've said that before, but that's what I love about the Empress ecosystem as well. I love the simplicity mm, yeah, exactly. of it. Yeah, and in terms of sound quality, I think that these days they're probably all pretty close. Yeah. Because technology so, yeah. has come on so much, the algorithms are so much improved. I mean, obviously, Strymon has this rep of being the best, but we've already discussed this as well. Like, how old is the timeline now? Is that due an update at some point? Because the other brands are kind of catching up, aren't they? Yep. Yeah, that's the thing. So, I, I don't know. This is just a really fun release. And I hope I get to try one out at some point. Maybe I'll suddenly have like an urge to get one. Though I, we both have a pod go as well. So, I don't know if this is as, what's the word, lucrative as if I didn't have any delays. But because yeah. I kind of have like an ambient unit on my board, uh, not maybe as interested as it might have been otherwise, but 
Yeah. Line six wins in any case because we are both using their products and the same algorithms. So <laughs> there you go. <laughs> I think it's also priced pretty well. Like I think it's two ninety nine is a competitive price for this kind of unit because it's like clearly below some of those like top tier delays, but it's also way more worse versatile than your like well. If we talk about the Boss RE2, for example, which is like two hundred and something dollars, and this is two ninety nine with four foot switches and loopers and stuff like that, so and fifteen different types of delay. Exactly. Speaking of RE2, that's officially out. And what's more, maybe even more interesting, is the fact that there's also RE202 which kind of came as a surprise. and It did. I mean, everyone was really eagerly awaiting the RE2, and then Boss drops a double release bomb on us with the RE202 yeah. as well. Amazing. And they kept that one very quiet. They did. It looks amazing. Very kind of... Somehow it reminds me of like, you know, like, the original Star Wars movies, like interfaces on the Death Star or something like that. Like you can imagine people like twisting the, like something like release the prisoners and then somebody like turns a knob or two and his buttons like these and then like prison cells open and then there's a Rancor or some other Star Wars creature and, you know, stuff like that. You imagine if he turned the wrong knob though and the next time Darth Vader spoke he had like a spring reverb on his voice. That would have lessened (laughs) the uh, the evil effect somewhat, wouldn't it? Now that's a mashup video idea for someone who does (laughs) such things. Actually, so I love it. Yeah. Looks really cool. So basically three foot switches, on-off switch, memory switch and tap slash... Well, all the foot switches seem to have like double functions on it. There's a twist function. You can have a reverb there as well. More versatile version of the RE2 or you can think of them otherwise like RE2 is the simplified version of this one. Something like that. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, this 202, it has more stuff. It has oh, yes. four tape heads as well. So there's more rhythms that you can play around with in terms of rhythmic delays. It has four kinds of reverb too. Ever mm. since I've done my video of the new X tape echo and I've been reading more about the space echo, I've learned that quite a few people don't really enjoy the spring reverb in the space echo, especially not on its own. When it's combined mm. with the delay, they love it, but on its own, they don't like it too much. And I really liked the fact that new X had put a bit more of an ambient plate or hall reverb in their pedal. And with the RE202, there are four different kinds of reverb. So that's going to be nice. giving people extra options. And people love options. So that's cool. Yeah. You can also choose between new and age tape conditions, which is interesting. And there's what? Yeah, that's Wawa also kind of nice. Media, media the original. Tap. Yeah. yeah. With, with the original Space Echo machine, obviously, when your tape got older, you would have older tape in it. And you would mm. get, you know, the age tape effect and you would have more wow and flutter. But in the RE20 unit, you didn't have these options. You do have it in the new yeah. X tape echo. And you do oh, have it in these two cool. new boss pedals. But it's just a, a cool thing, you know, a bit of extra modulation, adds some thickness, like an extra dimension to the tone. 
I really, really like that kind of a sound. Yeah. And as did the Lansix DL4 Mark II, this also has like MIDI, uh, like true stereo input and output, bosses known for the like super high quality buffers and stuff like that. At least now they are. <laughs> I guess with some old boss pedals, the buffers and such aren't the best. But that was that's how it was back in the day now. It is great. I remember like I've had the boss, what's it called? I think MS5. So like a pedal a looper switcher that also had like built-in effects. And I mm-hmm. remember like plugging that in and plugging in all the pedals and then turning it on and it was like somebody had like an extra bright switch on my amp. Everything all of the sudden was just more clear because of the amazing buffers they had with their units. Yeah. And I'm guessing this is one of those as well. And I think you can, like, most of their pedals also have options to turn those off if you are true, true bypass sicko. You can do that as well. Yeah. So, so which uh, one of these, these two? Yeah, yep, are we asking the same question, question at the same time? Oh, great minds, great minds. Indeed. For me, so it would have all... to be the 202. Yeah, just, just the I interface mean, it... for me. Just It looks like a Star Wars equipment thingy. And it looks sort of like amazing. Control. It does. It looks super inspiring. And one thing that I've seen online is that boss aficionados are getting very excited about the the physical design of this chassis because it reminds them of some of the 80s boss pedals like the CE1 which players mm-hmm. like John Frusciante use and they're hoping that this RE202 means that this size of boss chassis is in production again and we might be seeing more 80s reissues coming at some point which would be super cool nice sign me up for but that yeah, yeah this, this Talk- looks amazing yeah, and I think in terms of having the three foot switches and the extra options, if I had space on the board and if I had the extra money, I would pick the 202 over the RE2. But I think the RE2 is also going to be an awesome pedal. And I think that will probably sell more than the RE202 because it's the classic boss, single compact size. It's a winner. Let's talk yep. about the prices, though, because these yes. are, I think the price has caught a few people by surprise. So just looking at a competitive online seller of Boss products, the RE2 is going to be 250 euros here in Europe, and the RE202 is going to be 399. So these are not cheap. Nope, they are not. And that that's kind of interesting compared to the Line 6 DL4 Mark II, because that's... 100 euros less expensive than the RA202. Um, exactly. I don't and know if they... Alt- yeah. yeah. Do they actually like compare say, uh, for the same, same market? In this is like someone who wants to get an RA... Yeah. Ultimately, the Space Echo, the RE202, is it's just one effect in a way. True. I mean, there's very many different options. You know, you have presets. You can do many different tape delay sounds with it. But it is, it's one kind of delay, whereas the DL4 is a, a multi-delay unit and has a bunch of different sounds yes. in it, which you can't get with the Space Echo. I mean, yeah. I feel like if someone out there really wants to have the Space Echo and that is going to be their delay and that's all they need, then 
the boss is going to be the one, but for the rest of the market, to do it all in one box like the DL4, that mm. could win the day. People watching and listening to this episode, please leave us a comment and tell us which one you would buy if you had the money for one of the two. Yeah, exactly. I'd love to hear that as well because the pro- $3.99 is a lot. For, I guess, in a way, more simple unit than the DL4. Yeah. To, I, I don't know. I would love to shoot this out like ne- next to each other and then then do make the decision because right now, I'm I presu- wouldn't know. Yeah, I, I'm presuming that the DL4 has a sort of space echoey type tape delay in it. Mm. I'm not actually sure, but I guess it does. And that's just one of many things that it offers. But does it offer that effect with the authenticity of the boss? Exactly. That, that will exactly. be the big question that people have to answer. And coming back to what we were talking about before, this is quite a competition that's going down right now. Yeah, we don't know yep. if Boss and Line 6 were competing to see who could get their pedal out first, but there are going to be a bunch of delay enthusiasts out there right now with 400 in the bank saying, okay, what am I going to get? Which one's it going to be? Yeah, exactly. I mean, looking at these photos of the RE202, it just looks Amazing. I was going to say that the boss photography, the marketing is, it's very slick. One thing that I do find interesting though is that one of the videos, possibly the main video that they released about it on the boss channel is actually like a bit of a a shoegazy indie rock sort of a band Mm. doing an instrumental piece, which is like a couple of minutes long, less than two minutes, I think. It's quite heavy in terms of distortion and the space echo is underneath it, but I thought that's an interesting way to do it because you don't hear the effect to its fullest extent hmm. underneath the waves of distortion. Yeah. I haven't checked it out, but I, I want to. Now, I, I need to hear this. Yeah, it, with with the Boss videos that are out there right now for both of the pedals and the DL4, that's a lot of delay that we've got to get our teeth stuck into this weekend. Yes, and of course, not forgetting that... A few weeks ago, NewX released the Tape Echo, which is a, lot of... a direct competitor directly influenced by the Boss Space Echo. Yep. So there's a lot of delays coming out right now. This is the year of the Space Echo. Yes, it's the year of Spacey Sounds. And uh, from great designs to, um, I'm going to say not as exciting designs. <laughs> so I think this guitar dropped like four minutes after we finished shooting or something like that, as it always happens. And some people, like few of our regular listeners were kind of trolling us, like you can never win. Like we're not like we're not going to win ever because anytime we shoot, like right after we stop shooting, something gets released. Gibson <laughs> released a Theodore guitar and apparently this is like a very old design that was I don't know if it was lost but it was put on the shelf for quite a long time and if I'm totally honest I would have kept it there <laughs> that's just my take uh, how would you even describe that shape what is that it's like SG that got its hair cut wrong or something I don't know 
at SG with a bowl cut. No, it's um. <laughs> well, they're officially called Florentine or Florentine cutaways. It's a double cutaway guitar. If you kind of close your eyes and look at the bottom half of the guitar, it could almost be a Les Paul with a P90 in the bridge. But mm. those double cutaways are kind of extreme. They look a little bit like, um, not a bow tie, but like the collars on a an expensive dress shirt. Yeah, that's true. That's the impression that yeah. I get. And um, Is that the Explorer headstock? I think so. Yeah. And they're making 318 of these guitars, so it's a limited run. Mm. And it's going to be priced at around $5,000. That's the price oh, that's been quoted. So these are expensive guitars. No doubt they will be snapped up by collectors. Yeah, It will be interesting will. to see how many other people go for them and whether or not there's going to be like an Epiphone Theodore coming out at some point at more kind of affordable prices for the everyday player, but we shall see. The response to these online has been quite mixed. Let's let's say that. <laughs> let's say that. Yeah, I can imagine. Haven't like been that closely following like on the response to this, but I don't know. It, it looks One, retro. I'll, I'll say it, that. It does. It has a certain charm in a way, but I, I must kind admit of. that when I came off from filming with you last week and saw that this had come out, I, I think I gasped, like I exhaled breath, like, oh, oh that was an inhale, but you guys know what I mean. I, I was physically shocked at the appearance of this guitar because I'd not heard of the Theodore before and it just, it, yeah. it, it's quirky. Let's, let's call it, it that. Is. It's yeah, it something like very different space. for Gibson to be doing. and That's true. It looks like a space, like, you know, like space age design from 60s type of thing. That's how it looks to be like. This, or like yeah, a futuristic like design done in the 60s or in this case, I guess, uh, 1957 actually. So even... Tiny bit, exactly. You could imagine seeing it in a, a 60s sci-fi film where they're pretending yeah. there's humans on the moon in the 23rd century and they're playing guitars that look like this, like the Theodore. Yeah. Exactly. So. By the way, that also reminds me that... Um, for anyone interested in watching some really cool old footage of the Gibson factory, some mm. of that was also released this week, wasn't it? Ooh, nice. Uh, there's so something... You guys can go and watch that. It's this is, this is an interesting story. It's a minor footnote, I think, in the history of Gibson, but a very nice one. And mm. I haven't watched any videos of this guitar yet, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go ahead and do that this weekend as well. Yeah. Yeah, not my thing, especially with the prize, but... Is it your thing? Yeah. Let us know in the comments here on do you, YouTube. Do you know one thing it just reminds me of looking at the images of those and not in terms of, yeah. you know, the actual physical design or anything like that, but the, the four controls and the two P90s, it just jogged my memory that a few months ago we were talking about Rick Beato's signature Gibson Les Paul. Hmm, that's true. Have you heard any more information about that since then? Because I haven't recently. I, think... I wonder when that's coming out. I think it was out already, and it might have also sold oh. out already. He hasn't okay. really, like, just really, really talked about it, to be honest. Uh, I mean, he has his own, like, his BIO club. I think that's like a Patreon community or something like that. 
So uh, he might have just sold it through that. Ah, right. He's I didn't know. Kept oh, it so it's gone then, so. just a bit. Okay. Even though I have to say, like that guitar is something that if they, they would make like a proper production run, I'd be very interested because, again, what, what what's there like a Les Paul Junior? What what is the design name of that body? So I don't remember exactly his signature guitar. That is, it's like a yeah, like a it's a double like, pickup. Junior or a special? I can't exactly yeah, remember. Like that. Yeah, yeah, like with like four like classic four controls and stuff like that. It just looks very mm-hmm. interesting. But yeah, I haven't heard anything about that one. But from Gibson, Defender, Defender's new JV series reaches eighties Japanese models, and yeah, nice looking made in Japan Fenders. So. Yeah, these look cool. Another day, another Fender, new Fender series. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, this first one looks a lot like a, like an Ingvi Malmsteen type of strat with the jumbo headstock and everything. Yeah, it does a bit. Oh, that's mm-hmm. 70s style headstock. Yeah. They all have this kind of yellow to gold finish um, made in Japan uh, price is around $1300 or so so a fairly standard price for a Japanese made instrument uh, I bet this feels different than like high end high end made in Mexican or like lower end made in US guitars we talked about this before but there's just something about Japanese made instruments where they feel different and it's hard to describe Exactly what it is, but there's something. So, so would you say they feel better or worse or, or just different? Uh, different. There's some like I would. The only way, or like the only word to describe that is like solidness, which makes me think: could it be something, or like, could it ha- have something to do with the climate they have there? That kind of affects how the wood dries and that somehow affects how it feels as well. Maybe that's the thing. Not sure. But like I've compared like for example Indonesian made guitar instruments to Japanese made ones and they just feel very, very different. Yeah. And interesting. Even though it's I would kind definitely of the same like, guitar. Yeah. I would definitely like to try these. Um, the the J V guitars, the originals from the eighties, they have a very high reputation. Particularly yeah. the Squire JVs, actually. They sell for mm. extremely high prices on the used market, considering what they were back in the day. And they're very highly thought of. So this is a timely reissue. And a, again, like this week, we're, we're looking at a bunch of old things that have come out in a new version. <laughs> things go in cycles, don't they? So it seems. So it seems. Uh, which one would you go for out of for all of these four? There is a custom Telecaster in what looks like a... Is that a gold finish or some kind of a brown? I'm hoping it's kind of a satiny gold with a rosewood board that looks like my cup of tea. Yeah. Uh, I like this uh, kind of white-ish... I don't know, Olympic white 
telly with like a gold pick guard and maple fretboard and kind of speaks to me. Though they did like uh, this choir range they released some weeks ago also had a telly that looked like this. Or before the anniversary squires, I think. Yes, which you're right. Some weeks ago, they had this kind of guitar in that range as well. So might might go for the Squire instead, just because it's maybe a bit more affordable. So again, it yeah, that just might feel work. Different. Yeah. Nice, but like they said at the top of this article, how many new Fenders and Squires have we seen this year? <laughs> the mind boggles. It's so many, and it's lots of them look fantastic. Up. I guess the other question is availability, because we also heard from the, the CEO of Fender, Andy Mooney, earlier this year, that availability of guitars would be compromised in some way. There was also mm. the fire at the Mexican plant not too long ago, which we haven't heard anything else about. So it will be interesting to see if many of these guitars actually make it into stores around the world. I'm yeah. sure the guys in well, North America will be fine, but um, when it comes to us in mainland Europe... We'll not see as many of these, will we? Which is a shame, yeah. because most of them look fantastic. Exactly. From guitars that we maybe can obtain to guitars that we probably won't obtain. No, wait. Yeah, yeah these are the more expensive ones. So we're checking out the Ernable Music Man Spring 2022 guitars. There's four of them, and the first one is the Valentine. So James Valentine... Signature. Um, this one is interesting because it comes with a Bigsby on it. It kind of looks cool. Limited to 55 pieces worldwide and 3000 well, $3,500. Ships within four months. I think it looks Ships really within nice. four months, okay. Have you tried the... Um, like the Sterling James Valentine model. No, and I've always wanted oh, to because it has an interesting pickup to. layout and it, it looks like fun and it's a bit different. And there was one up for sale secondhand here not too long ago, mm. which I thought about a bit and wondered if I should go check it out and then it was gone. But yeah, because they were about, what, six or 700 euros, so very mm. much affordable. Yeah. I was really close to buying one in 20, I think it was 2019 when I ended up, like I was at home and working at an event and then I ended up buying a Strat there instead of this one. But I was really yeah. close, like, I think it was like my top three choice. Like in my top three of the guitars, like the original Sterling James Valentine, just a simple, great sounding and really comfortable feeling guitar. Yeah. And this is obviously made in US, uh, way more expensive, has a big B as well, but I think anyone who gets one will get a fantastic guitar. And there's only 55 available. So, nice. Yeah, very limited. The price isn't as nice for my wallet, but I'm not buying True. it anyway, so... Shosuke Stingray 4, Bombshell. I don't know what that bombshell refers to, but... A Stingray, what's the scale length if it's short scale? They do not say here. I think we need to like dive into more details somewhere. That's tantalizing. 
Is it standard short scale or is it really dinky? It looks kind of small if you look at the image there. Is there no like more information? Like... <laughs> it doesn't seem so. You're going to buy it and then you'll find out. Yep. There's only 105 a available. Yeah. So be quick. This n n number of these guitars available feels very random. This was 55. This is for some reason 105. <laughs> Did they just like have X amount of pieces of certain wood and then they decided to build limited runs stuff? Yeah, I maybe. Know. I mean, this looks nice. I have my Stingray base that I just, my, mine's a Sterling though, but I like that. Yeah, I mean, I for like me, Stingray is just Rage Against the Machine. That punchy, in-your-face <laughs> tone, that's what I associate it with every time. Yeah. It definitely has a unique sound. It's it's different than your regular jazz or precision bass. This yeah. looks nice and pricey-ish, at least. Luke 3, woody. Limited to 80 pieces worldwide, three, well, $4,000 basically. Again, looks very nice. Uh, it has premium figured burl top. Okume body, what? How do you pronounce a Kome body? With a walnut burst burl maple top. There you go. Mm -hmm. Never heard of Okome before, or however you're supposed to pronounce that. No, me neither. I have no idea what that body wood is. This is the first time I'm hearing of it. And I thought of myself, I think of myself as like somewhat informed about guitar woods. Apparently not. <laughs> <laughs> that belt up looks really good, by the way. I'm not so. sure if I like burled maple or not. I, yeah, I can't tell. True. It's yeah. yeah, it's it's definitely a statement piece. De yeah, definitely. <laughs> yeah. I, I'm noticing I like my guitars mostly in like solid finishes or like some sort of sunburst, and that's where it is pretty much. <laughs> but it's just me, so if you want to pay 4K for this, I think you'll get a beautiful looking and amazing sounding guitar. Luke models Oh yeah, no doubt. Just yeah, so comfortable to play. Yeah, no doubt. That's a fantastic guitar. Yeah, and then there's the Albert Lee Ghost in the Shell, limited to eighty pieces worldwide. And I guess all you can say is like this looks uh, like one of the Albert Lee guitars. It's this one. It actually looks a bit like the Gibson Theodore. <laughs> I was going to no say, way. this is like, for me, an even more extreme version of that, but it looks, for me, cooler in every way. Just yeah, a few tweaks here and there, of. and it's, um, to me, this is like a, an Art Deco guitar or something. <laughs> a little bit. I really like it. Yeah, 3P90s is a very interesting and different choice. I don't, I, I don't think I've ever seen a guitar with 3P90s. Yeah, there's a few out there, but not many. And, well, there's not many of this one either. Limited to 80 yeah. pieces worldwide. There you go. Well, yeah, I the Albert Lee well, like one, guitars are very good. Yeah. Very good guitars. Yeah. Uh, one of those guitars that we should try out, if possible, just to get the idea, like, what's kind of, what's the point with this guitar? In a sense, like, 
Why does it have three P90 pickups and how do they sound? So I'm kind of curious. Yeah, I actually need to check if they're going to be at the NAMM show, but I'm pretty Ooh. sure they are. I seem to remember seeing their name on the list. Yeah. I like I like this idea. Like they re- like if yes. we check out some of the past collections, there's like a winter twenty one collection, there's a fall twenty one collection, like just releasing like a limited run of special guitars every now and then. There's something cool yeah. about it. I like it. And more Music Man related guitars because Sterling by Music Man has released few 2022 models to the Stingray, Mariposa, Majesty, and more. And Which are going to be much more sp- affordable. Oh, yes, indeed. Stingray SR50. Um, kind of this offset shape with two humbuckers. Kind of fun looking like control plate with just volume and tone, I assume. Ah, and then yep. there's a pickup selector on the upper horn, which is yes. cool. I don't know if there'll be like a push-pull coil tap or something could be on these uh, locking tuners as well roasted maple neck body made out of poplar yeah come now available new finishes fire mist silver and buttermilk that's quite the names for finishes <laughs> fire mist silver I thought it was just blue until they told me it was <laughs> fire mist silver but yeah they look cool yeah they do uh, never tried this model, like this Stingray model. Like we're talking about the guitars here, which is, and, and then the Stingray basses, obviously as well. And these yep. also come in some funky finishes. So there's purple sparkle, blue sparkle, amber, and heritage cherry sunburst uh, with the different pickup options as well so there's a yeah, two different neck one. options too oh that's true yeah modern contoured body there's two different versions so they also in the sense like there's a four string and a five string version and yeah they look nice kind of actually like the blue sparkle one quite That's a lot. That's the one I would go for with a roasted yeah. maple neck by the look of it. Oh, big big surprise. You, you're going for a blue guitar. Who who would have ever thought? Am I, am I that boring? Yes. No, I yes, mean... I am. <laughs> As someone who always prefers their guitar in white or black, I have nothing to... Like, I, I can't criticize anyone for <laughs> liking a certain color. Uh, then there's Mariposa. Designed in collaboration with Omar Rodriguez Lopez. And apparently this has been a very popular model and now it's available in <clears throat> Pueblo Pink. <laughs> Not sure what Pueblo means, but Pueblo Pink is the color it's available in. And also comes with a roasted maple neck, locking tuners, two humbuckers, which are controlled by separate volume controls and a three-way switch. So no total control, just two volumes. I kind of like that. Yeah, it's an interesting take on it. I think Pueblo pink. I think Pueblo means shell because it it kind of looks like a a bit of a take on shell pink. I'm sure the word Pueblo doesn't translate as shell, but yeah, that's a a cool looking guitar as well. But like a slightly more bulbous version of the Albert Lee. 
<laughs> yeah, kind of. <laughs> yeah, that's cool. Cool, a bit funky looking shape. Cutlass is kind of the, they say, strat. And this also now have a roasted maple neck and set of locking tuners. And it's and they are available, available in Daphne Blue and Pueblo Satin, or Pueblo Pink Satin. Ooh, nice. If you want to have a strat alternative made by Sterling, now you can get one. And in satin finish as well, which is cool. Then there's the Apparently Axis. Pueblo means village. Village pink. Okay. Which is weird. Maybe it's a name. <laughs> it we should be. educate ourselves more. We should. Definitely. I yeah, will do that. A couple after of Axis models as well with some funky finishes Spectrum red and Spectrum blue. Some maple tops going on, I think or whatever the top on yeah quilted maple finishes yeah yeah very exotic majesty so the Petrucci signature model the sterling version of that Siberian sapphire mm-hmm. uh, and you can get that as either six string or seven string version highlights include a 12 dB push push volume pot rosewood fretboard plus a modern tremolo. Yep. This is like, I've played a couple of Majesty guitars. They are just incredibly comfortable to play. Uh, I'm not like a gigantic fan of the kind of color options they have, but it's a super, super comfortable guitar to play. Like everything's kind of out of the way and I like it. Have you tried any of the Petrucci signature guitars? We've talked about this before. No, I haven't. Especially not kind of this super aggressive style. It did. I mean, I like the color and I know that it's going to be an amazing playing guitar, but often it's hard to get past an aesthetic, you know, if it doesn't work for you. Sure. Again, I'm going to have to just pick one of these up and play it one time and I'll probably end up selling my Telecasters and buying one of these instead. Looking forward to that video. I'm not. But it might happen, who you, knows? You never know, you never know. Yeah, but from a seven-string uh, Petrucci guitars to a seven-string electric nylon guitar that Tosi Abasi has been showing on his Instagram, basically. Uh, I have never, ever, ever seen a seven-string nylon string guitar that you can apparently just plug in as well and and yeah I think the only thing you should do is to check out the link in the show notes and listen to this guitar Tosin is I don't, like he to me he's one of the guys who are just like pushing the barrier of, of what you can do with guitar just in general developing yeah. he has that weird thumb technique he does as well like very percussive very different and yeah looks really really interesting and yeah just um, an incredible musician and yeah this is a really interesting instrument as well i haven't watched or heard anything from it so i'm gonna have to do that as well but yep i, I mean 
he's going to make it sound so fantastic and musical and I would probably not have the faintest idea what to do if I pick one up. Yeah. Because he's pushing boundaries, you know, and I'm still mm. playing ACDC rhythm tracks. <laughs> There's nothing wrong with that. It's just no, different worlds, not. isn't it? Different planets. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah, but I, I've, like, over the years, I've grown to like him more and more just because he seems like a super nice guy, nice guy, incredibly talented. And just the fact that he's trying out and developing new things. Yeah. Please continue. Yeah. Uh, the funny thing is as well, um, the Nam Show floor plan just got released. So if it happens and if it is how it's been planned so far, I'm going to be at the Blue Guitar Stand literally opposite the Abazi Concepts booth. So that's going to be an interesting few days. There Maybe I'll get to play one and make a fool the... of myself. Yeah, you, you need to try out this guitar if it's available there for you to try out. I will. If it's there and I can do it, I will. Nice. Nice. Looking forward to that video as well. And from one kind of acoustic guitar to other, Harley Benton expands acoustic range with hybrid grand auditorium and parlor models. Uh, yeah, there's a few different ones. There's a hybrid steel and hybrid nylon. Uh, I remember some, seeing somewhere that some, some people compared this to like a, an alternative to the Acoustasonic by Fender. I'm not <laughs> sure about that, but... Mm -hmm. I mean, the GLG 14SM solid tops, for example, look really nice in the photo over here. So, why not? And <laughs> so, so affordable. The models are priced at 154 UK pounds and the orchestra at 161 British so probably pounds. under 200 euros yes, for a solid top yes. acoustic with an onboard preamp, three-band EQ and tuner. Some, mm. I, I don't know how they do it. Yeah, no idea. Yeah, then there's the parlor guitars. Apparently, like, we've seen parlor guitars being released by a lot of companies as of late. PRS had mm. some. I think Gretsch had some. And Harleben didn't go for like uh, Shell Pink as the other two companies went, but maybe that's coming soon. Yeah, who knows? Well, yeah, I'd like to find more info about these uh, hybrid steel and hi hybrid nylon ones, but there's not a lot of info available, I guess. Yeah, I mean, they certainly don't look like Acoustasonics, and I don't no, believe don't. that they were designed to be a a competitor to that in any way. Yeah. They remind me more of Ovation guitars or something in that direction. Yeah. A bit, it looks like there's like a magnetic pickup closer to the neck. So on some that's of them, yeah. why guitarists come oh, like, kind of wanted to add that it can be seen as an alternative for the Acoustasonic, I guess. It also reminds me of the Taylor models. Is it the, um, is it the E... Five. I'm not even sure of the oh, yeah, model number, to be honest. Like but there are some Taylor guitars where they have that very specific look, and they have those. They have the knobs kind of in the body of the guitar itself, mm. which is a very distinctive look. And I associate yeah. with Taylor. Yeah, but yeah, I, I'm sure these are very cool and punch way above their weight. That's the Harley Benton thing, isn't it? That's the Harley Benton thing. Yeah, if you want to find out more 
link to this article and everything else we mentioned in the show in the show notes as always and let's talk about the tubes uh, just a tiny bit more because of things that are happening uh, a US company is considering branching into guitar tubes oh there's actually a company in US that got well called Western Electric and they produce like US hi-fi US made hi-fi tubes for I guess some other stuff so like uh, amplifiers people use at their home to listen to music and stuff like that and they're considering yep. maybe branching out to guitar tubes as well and we talked about this last week that this is most likely going to happen and here we are maybe well they're technically right now they're considering but you know it could happen any moment now yeah an interesting story and this is possibly something that's going to happen i mean why not the death of tube amps is not going to happen you know the the shortage of tubes might be a short term thing but i think it's everything's going to be okay we don't need to worry and this is a yeah. yeah this is a cool story a good point i um i'm in favor of it yeah i have nothing more to add i've just realized that the, the last 20 cents the last 20 seconds of me speaking i, I said words but i said nothing again kind yes, of words foreshadowing my move into politics easy. Yeah, exactly. Um, but I mean, we talked about this last week and I said that if there's a market for tubes, somebody's going to build them. And exactly. And I think like, especially for customers within like US region, US made tubes is a great, great selling point. So... Yeah, absolutely. Even, even I mean, if it I think mean that they're a bit more pricey than your Chinese or, I guess, Russian-made ones. Well, so, yeah, but but I think that's also something we're seeing more and more. You know, American-made is kind of a, it's it's a badge of quality in a way, yeah. and it's a badge of price point too. And I think, particularly for a lot of people in America, I think a lot of North Americans do place a high emphasis on things being built there, and to have an American-made amp with American-made tubes. It's win-win, isn't it, in that situation? Yeah, exactly. You can get a fully American-built rig, even <laughs> with... Uh, yeah, now your tubes can be American-made as well. Nice. If you're into such thing, that is. But yeah, it got, like this situation is kind of going exactly as we predicted. Not that we're like being in a what's the word Nostradamus here or anything like that but we we knew this is probably going to happen and it's happening so there you go and before we wrap up the show we keep being a bit snappier today we will not talk about some cool videos that Rich is kind of related to something like that we mentioned the Yamaha Revstar just a little bit ago and Yep, gonna talk about that thing in just a second in everyone's favorite segment called Weekend Watch. One of the top 10 segments of the Capric Friday show for everyone. You know that. 
Yeah, yeah, we can watch. I'll stop babbling now. Watch it. Watch it. Watch it. Watch it. Watch it. Watch it. Video. It's not like you have anything else to do. Yeah, because you don't have anything else to do, we highly recommend you should watch uh, Phil McKnight's video on the new Yamaha Revstar. And something that I never realized is even possible is the fact that when you are interacting with, well, when you're using a tube amp, there's actually a little bit of current kind of coming back from the amplifier into your guitar. And Yamaha is doing a thing with their RevStar lineup where they, they are powering a built-in boost feature on their guitar from that amplifier with that current. And it, I don't know, to me it sounded like crazy and futuristic and stuff like that. And apparently that's a very normal thing that a lot of companies have just never used. Crazy. I, I like it. A totally new, bit of innovation. Yeah. yeah, I learned a totally new thing thanks to this video. Yeah. And what a beautiful looking guitar that is. Yeah. You have one too, but you have a different one. I'm not sure what range one Phil has, but you have yeah, the new I, one. I have one in neon yellow from the Elements. Not Elements. Yeah. Element here, which is the most affordable. I like and that as that well. That was it's... sent to me by Line 6. And by Line 6, I mean Yamaha. Almost the yeah. same thing in Germany. And it's uh, sub 500 euros, but a fantastic instrument. I mean, obviously, if I was able to choose the color of one I would get myself, I would go for the Swift Blue. But sure. after the initial shock of the neon yellow, I've grown to really kind of like it. It brightens yeah. up my room. It brightens up my mood. Oh. <laughs> Yeah, obviously. How tempted were you to use it as like a green screen prop and like put, I don't know, slice of pizza instead of your guitar body in the video? You know what? I didn't even think of that, but that reminds me of that K-Mac video where he buys a green <laughs> guitar and does that. I might have to try this on the weekend. Yeah. yeah it does have a tiny to... little hint of green in it. Oh, yeah. it's so cool. I mean, you could still use like use that color as a green screen. It really pops out, so it would work. But I don't know, like, why haven't companies done this more in the past, where you could like power a boost circuit on your guitar by just using the power that comes out of the amplifier? And this feels weird. And we talked about this before we started tuning, like. People have been asking whether this works with, let's say, modelers as well. So, yeah, it will be interesting to find that out. The element model, by the way, doesn't have the focus switch. Oh, it has yeah, a yeah. switch called it has the dry switch, which is a high pass filter, which, um, you know, basically shaves off the bottom end of the humbuckers a bit, gives you a more almost single coil type of a sound. Which you yeah. can hear in my video. God, Phil McKnight's got fast at his playing. That was quick. Yes. But yeah, um, I don't know if there's a transformer in this one. And because this guitar was loaned to me to make a video, I'm not sure I feel comfortable opening it up. But maybe I will. Just yeah. to see. Yeah. Uh, just, I don't know. It feels weird that I've never heard of this before. 
that Yamaha seems as almost the first ones to try this out. Because usually like there's a battery inside that does that. If there's like a built-in some sort of like a boost function, there's a battery inside of the guitar, but yeah. these don't. So really cool. Obviously, if it doesn't work with modelers or something like that, maybe then it's not like the best thing to have. Like, oh, like I wonder if you're not able to use that function then if you're using like some sort of, well, let's say that PodGo, for example. Uh, but I, I'm sure they thought of that Yamaha also happens to produce the Helix line. So <laughs> it would make to the guitars and the Pod series or Helix series amps incompatible with each other. That would be really, really weird. Somebody in the design department would get some shouting upon them at some point. Just saying. So... Yeah. By the way, Phil, Phil really went the extra mile with this video. For anybody who wants to kind of get a lesson about frets and learn about the insides and the outsides of these new Yamaha Revstar guitars, watch mm. Phil's video. The link's down there in the in the description, in the show notes, and it's just, um, it's great. And Phil's playing these days, by the way, as well. He's improved yeah. so much. He was always good, but what... now he's really, really good. Yeah, like... I don't know, like, we, we've known him for many years. I don't know what happened over these years. Like, well, we know what happened. He probably practiced his butt off. And he's just very fun to listen to. Like, he knows his stuff, but he can also play. And I think that kind of adds to the overall package of Phil McKnight experience or something like that. <laughs> yep. I don't know where I'm going with this, but it feels... Feels like I need to stop at this point. Just agreed to make sure. And yeah, as we mentioned, we're gonna keep this a bit snappier this week because of various things, uh, including scheduling. So, thank you so much for watching, listening, liking, sharing, subscribing. As I mentioned, ways to support what we do in the show notes as well. Links to stuff we mentioned here as well. And have a great weekend. I really, really hope that there won't be a major release like five minutes after we hit stop. But there will probably. So enjoy your... Okay, prediction time. Let's let's start doing this at the end of the every show. What will be released over the next, let's say, 24 hours that we would have talked about on the show? What's your prediction? Well, we've talked a lot about pedals and guitars the one thing that has been missing in this show has been amplifiers. So I'm going to mm. say Fender has dropped a new Tone Master. Ooh. That's just a random guess. I got no idea. Or that, that, that's Gibson, pretty good. Yeah, that could be it. Or Gibson has finally, you know, having bought out Mezaboogie, released its first range of uh, sunburst tube amps. Maybe with American-built tubes. Who knows? I like that. Um, I'm going to say there's going to be... I don't know where, where I'm, why I'm thinking of this, but there will be a new signature drive-slash-distortion pedal that will come out like within the next 24 hours. 
No idea. Sounds like you know something. If the I Vladimir Helenen signature limited I don't to know, one whatever piece. brand overdrive comes out. I'll yes. know that you had previous knowledge of it because you are the person yes. whose name is on the pedal. But yeah, I mean, the, the one safe thing that we can say is a transparent overdrive pedal will come out somewhere in the world <laughs> before we shoot the next episode of the show. Yes. Transparent overdrive and some sort of Telecaster will be released. Probably. By one of the brands. So there you go. And yeah, thank you so much for watching and listening. And you know that the, everything is in the show notes. Have a great weekend. Uh, I, I like this prediction thing. I think we need to start doing it every week because one of these days we're gonna like we're gonna get them right, and that will be fun. <laughs> then we can do like some sort of like Nostradamus compilation thing. So there you go. Yeah, have a great weekend as we do here on Cat Pick Fridays. Bye, podcast. Bye, podcast. <laughs>